0: Miami Derek G. He's okay.
1: (laughs) you have seen her naked a
0: few times. You haven't seen me naked
1: naked.
0: Oh my god. Anyways so Derek is out here in LA so we thought it'd be a good opportunity to talk to you and kind of um, just get your journey of how you came to be Mr. I Am Expensive. yeah, Mr. Derek G. (laughs) So why don't we start why don't you tell us like where you're from originally your background, where you grew up. Alright, I'm from
2: Hialeah, Florida. Hialeah is the outskirts of Miami. Um, born and raised there. Uh, photography was a hobby turn career. I never took a class. I never. I always asked for it. I never got it. Funny enough. And
3: what a class.
2: Yeah, like I always asked for photography, and they never gave it to me as a class. Mhm. In, oh,
0: in school. In school. In school.
2: Mhm. And the class shit worked out.
0: Did you go to college? No. So, it was just after high school, was there any other jobs you were doing before? Like, I, I mean, took a
2: massage therapy course.
0: Yeah? <laughs> okay.
2: And I fucked up my shoulders so I couldn't do it. Oh, my God. Uh, I worked at a lot of body shops throughout high school and after high school. My last real job was uh, I used to work at a hospital. Mm-hmm. I used to be a unit clerk. Basically, the person that would wear the button up on the floor on the computer that you would come and complain to. <laughs>
3: That's what I used to do. What
2: year
3: was
2: that? Oh, five, oh, six. Oh five. So, wow, I've been self-employed for ten years. Wow. August six actually made 10 years from the first girl I shot with at the SLR camera.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, shit. So it's been 10 years. That's crazy. My
2: homegirl, Veronica.
3: Congratulations.
2: Yeah. So 10. I want to do something for it, for Basil. I just don't know what. Yeah.
3: That'll be exciting. 10
2: years of ass. <laughs> Decade.
0: Yeah. You, ha- you have. Yeah. No,
2: nah, that's 10 years, guys. of course. I have every picture that of That really, really cool, actually. Anytime i like Wow. For the first time I saw her naked till today.
0: <laughs> Anyways, okay, so you were re- working regular jobs. How exactly did this hobby turn? When did you first start realizing that you could turn it into something, turning it into a business?
2: It kind of fell on my lap. I'm a big, big car guy, and everyone that knows me knows my history. knows I was in the whole car world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to be like the car person in Miami to get all the cars for all the videos and the movies and stuff like that. So I used to be on all these, that's how how I initially got on, like, all the video sets and how I got, like, around the celebs and stuff, was just I used to get all the cars for the big directors. And then uh, eventually I bought a camera back in 06, and uh, I brought, I would bring the camera on set to take the pictures of the cars, because that was my business, I never Mm -hmm. thought I'd be a photographer, I literally just wanted to take nice pictures of the cars on set for the celebs and all the lights and everything, just trying to get, market more people to like, hey, let me book your car for videos, do you want to see your car on TV, kind of Deal And then eventually, obviously, like the video girls would be in the shots and the artists would be in the shots. So the girl thing started because the girls would see the pictures and like them and be like, hey, would you shoot me off set? I used to shoot the cars for magazine. Like my first paid job as a photographer was actually to shoot a, a feature of a car club in, uh, in Miami for uh, this magazine called Rides Magazine. And they offered to pay me nine hundred bucks to do something I used to do for free every day. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Hell yeah!" So I kind of set the standard, mm-hmm. or like that kind of like, "All right, cool." I charged nine hundred dollars for photo shoots. Yeah. And then, um, eventually, uh, I just started like seeing people, and I eventually the the set that kind of like set it off was uh, I was on my way to the. Beach. I used to work at a barbershop in Miami. It's another job I had. I'm not jack a jack of all trades. I wasn't a barber. Oh. I, I literally, <laughs> I <was> like, literally <laughs> ran the shop and like, made sure it was on point and presentable and whatnot.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, the guy that owned it actually actually owned a print business as well. So when the shop was slow, he would ask me to do runs. And I was always down to jump in the car and go drive around. you know. So one day he sent me to the beach to go drop something off. And I'm going over the purple bridge that everybody knows headed to the beach. And I see all these production traders. So I said, let me go be nosy. So I get off, and it was actually uh, they were filming. We Taken over, so you know, I had star studded Khaled, you know T I, Bun B, um, Holyfield was there, Akon, Cool and Dre, Pit, everyone. I mean, like I said, And are you a
0: huge music person? Like before you kind of started doing the photography, like were you? I mean, I like music.
2: music. I mean, I was, I'm not, not like a fanatic. I like music. Yeah, For yeah, yeah. what it is, but I'm a big Miami fan. So mm-hmm. Like like to like see that happening in Miami it was dope. So. I kind of seen a bunch of people taking pictures, so I pull out my camera and took a couple pictures, too. Um, long story short, that, that was back in the MySpace days. Wow. Um, I <laughs> seen this guy that kept walking around set with everybody, and I assumed, like, okay, he's important. I don't know who he was, but he's an important guy. Everybody's talking to him. And this is when I was, like, ignorant to, like, what was going on in production. I didn't know nothing about it. So um, I get on MySpace that, that evening, and I run into the same guy that I saw on set. And I'm like, oh, look, that's the guy that everybody was talking to. it turned out he's a director. It turned out it was Gil Green. And um, I sent him a message with a couple pictures that I took. He responded the next morning saying, hey, I love him. Here's my email. If you have anything else, please send them to me. And we left it at that. And then like, two weeks later, I get hit up. With, like, yo, we need 30 cars for a music video in this area. It's for this artist, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I line everything up. I get all the cars for them. I go to show up to set to make sure everyone's there and everything's on point. I run into the producer, which became a friend of mine at the time, it was Judd Allison. And uh, I was like, oh, cool. Like, who's directing? He's like, oh, Gil Green is. I'm like, oh, dope. Where is he? He's like, oh, he's over there. So I walk over to set and I introduce myself. I'm like, yeah, I'm Derek G. Uh, I'm Derek, the guy who you know sent you the pictures. He's like, oh, dope. He's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm the one that got you the cars. He's like, oh, good shit. He's like, where's your camera? I'm like, oh, it's in the car. He's like, well, do you want to take some pictures? And I'm like, can I? He's like, Yo, if anybody says anything, you're here with me I'm like, alright, cool. Got
1: the and then, side.
2: and then eventually, <laughs> eventually it came to a point where they didn't need cars, but they would just invite me to set to take pictures. And like, it wasn't a money thing at that point. It was just like, hey, you're good at what you do. You obviously don't make anything, like. And long story short, eventually, labels started hitting up the production company. Like, hey, we need the set Those photographer, do you have anybody? It's like, oh, we have this kid that's on set with us all the time. And like, I would I mean, my first, I think job I did it was like 2,500 bucks to take pictures and turn them in oh my doing God. that shit for free I was like hell yeah so
0: and kinda. how did that like like what was going on in your mind like how does that feel like, like yo you're crazy. Just gonna give like, me a I was because I would only make money yeah. with the
2: cars like so It's was like every time cars got booked that made money but I was on set already so the fact that I'm making the money on the cars and I'm Definitely making the money not. on the pictures and then eventually like I just became like the guy and I started getting hired by everyone and every label, like the Miami guy was that guy. So I literally worked with every label we could think of in Miami. And that's obviously like when Khaled was popping off with the We taking Over and all the mm-hmm. things that kind of elevated from that. And then, you know, Ross came from that. And then Cash Money had to just moved down there. So they were doing a lot of stuff down there. And, you know, eventually I started meeting everybody.
0: So you have quite the catalog of, like, music history yeah. and how it became be. the last to be. 10 years. Yeah, that's crazy, especially for Miami. Yeah the last 10 years have been super
3: major. That's
1: so dope. Yeah.
2: Fantastic. I'm and then tenuous. from that, you started working for Brownwood? Right? Well, no, I started with... I, eventually, like I, shot for, like I said, I shot, for a lot, I shot for a lot of these people before I actually worked with them. I would shoot for the label. Mm-hmm. So I would never meet them. I literally just My job was to shoot them. Like I'm not going to sit there and start a conversation with somebody I need to start a conversation with. Mm-hmm. But uh, eventually I met on the set of Money to Blow... Uh, I met Birdman and uh, he, saw, he saw I was taking pictures I was the only set I was the only camera on set because Universal hired me to do the behind the scenes stills so I had full permission to shoot everything to shoot he liked what he saw he got my information and you know that's how I ended up with them and I traveled with them for about almost six years wow and then through that transition obviously because you know that's when viral media started and you know back in 09 2010 it's like when you had to pr- 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 provide content. Every major entity or brand had to provide content for whatever they were doing, and um, like I kind of put them on the internet per se. Like their music was everywhere. Obviously, they were all over the radio, all over the blogs. But like content of them didn't mm-hmm. exist.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and when I got involved, I kind of like became the pioneer of that, and you know what kind of elevated that was. The fact that I, who I was documenting was you know Brian Williams, just Birdman, and he could do things that a lot of other artists couldn't do. Flew private everywhere. You know. Had the kind of money he had. Flashed the kind of jewelry that he had. The cars. There. He literally lived this lifestyle that people talked about in music videos. But okay. you only see it in music videos. Mm-hmm. This was literally his day-to-day life. And you know, I was getting paid to document and put it out to the world. Mm-hmm. So we kind of set off. like Now every, ca- every rapper has a camera guy running around behind him. Because of what me and him started. And there was other artists that were doing it too. But they couldn't do it to his caliber, so the videos weren't as interesting. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care seeing you in, in a bad neighborhood or where you were from, but to see Birdman on a private jet, go from Miami to London, and then go shopping in London, and go to Gucci stores, and do this and do that, where that's kind of like a big element in the hip-hop world, mm-hmm. and be able to, like, be with him. This was before Snapchat and all that, so the Snapchat stuff kind of, like, fucked it up in the yeah. Instagram because now they're in control Everybody of their own that, content. Yeah. Versus before, it was, like, I would put it out. Even, like, a lot of blogs have that out because it's, like, there's no more content put out because they're just putting it on their Instagram. And, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, it's just survival of the fittest, I guess, with the figuring out, like, what to do next.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you so realize at the time that you got you were pioneering this, or did it take, like, a couple people being like, oh? Or was it self Like, how did you... Um, and then how does that feel like to be a pioneer or something like like that which is pretty huge
2: I mean when it came to a point the thing was that you know one of my biggest issues with Miami is the support system and from the support system from labels brands corporations teams artists even people friends the support system in Miami is very competitive for whatever reason everyone wants to compete against each other it's not like uh like Houston. Houston has an amazing support system. New Orleans has an amazing support system. Atlanta has an amazing support with music. Like all these acts come out these places. Why? Because everyone gives them opportunity. Um, Miami, it's weird. And trying I'm now with me and a couple people from now. That like we're trying to change that. We're trying to open up doors and give people opportunities and really like trying to get. So the reason why I'm saying that is because. Like, I was around a lot of Miami acts before shit popped off for me, and no one ever really thought there was a purpose for me around. Like, I was like, hey, let me document you, let me follow you. It took Birdman from New Orleans to, like, actually see, like, a value in what we were doing to realize to where now Ross wanted to book me, and Khaled wanted to book me, and and all these guys. And, you know, it's kind of like I was trying before, and I guess they just didn't see the person. I don't think it was personal, I just think they didn't see the, the point of right, And then when they, to, they that far. Yeah. And when they kinda seen like what we were producing, you know, like one of the, the dopest quotes, I think it was from Rap Radar. They said, Who needs a passport when you got Derek G with you? Because we had went to Europe the first time I travelled with them, we went to Europe for ten days, went to London, went to Amsterdam, London and Paris. And originally the deal was to go with them, shoot everything and come home, edit and then release. On day two of our trip, Birdman tells me, hey, I want you to start editing now because I want to release day one tomorrow. So I'm like, shit, like I'm not sleeping because mm-hmm. I was shooting all day, editing all night. So literally day three, on day three, day one came out, on day four, day two came out. So literally, and we're a day ahead over right. there. So it almost seems like I'm dropping them the next day here. So people were like, "Yo, like, how many people are you with?" And I'm, like, I'm by myself. Instead of just me and my laptop. So um, that kind of set like a standard too. It's like, "Yo, like, this guy's on point. He's fast. He gets the story. He's a good storyteller." You know. So that kind of just would set that off, and it was just became a standard. And now it's kind of cool because I feel like I, I gave kids that wanted into the music industry per se, not without producing beats or. Writing music or being an artist, just like they like music and they want to be involved, they got a new avenue. It's not difficult. Spend a thousand bucks on a laptop, six hundred bucks on a camera, all you need is creativity and you can make it happen, you know? And now with iPhones. We don't even need. recording <laughs> this. We're recording <laughs> this with an iPhone. That? You know what I mean.
3: Straight off the
0: iPhone.
2: So and really, we could be recording the audio with the other iPhone if we really wanted to. Yeah,
0: that's what exactly. we did when we first started. We, we used to do like right like off the iPhone and voice notes. Yeah. So, like
3: <laughs> make it work.
2: So it's just kind of like it
3: wasn't that great though, but this one's better.
2: <laughs> it took it took uh, it took someone from the outside to give me an opportunity mm-hmm. to really like strive and make it happen, and so whatever like. You know, with social media and everything started rising, I built a brand for myself um, with them. You know, my, my signature was on everything. So it's cool. One time I was in New York on the bus, I mean on the subway, and I'm holding onto the rail, and, you know, I got my signature right here. Mm. And some kid sitting in front of me looks and goes, yo, are you the one that dropped that Bow Wow video yesterday? Because I was on <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. It's like, damn, I'm a fan. I watch this shit all the time. That's yesterday, cool. yesterday was yesterday? No, on Saturday, I was in Vegas. And some kid that was there was like, yo, you used to do all, like, the cash money shit, right? And, and, and like, a lot of kids now don't know because it's not as, like, the content is not out there. Like, because now you used to go to right. Snapchat or Instagram and, like, that's the content. It's not, like, you're not going to blogs on, on a the weekly basis to mm-hmm. see, like, who's dropping what anymore. Mm-hmm. Because now they're just telling you themselves. Yeah. So before, people, like, used to, like, look out for these videos and, like, now it's, like, so oversaturated with content that it's, like, no one cares. Yeah.
3: Do you feel like you've had to, like, rebrand yourself? Or try to, you know, get, you have to get even more creative now with the Um, Snapchat and all the Instagram I mean, it's kind
2: of annoying to do all that. So that's why, like, I kind of, not that I gave up, but I just, I really don't care anymore. Like, I used to, like, strive for, like, more followers. Like, I don't care. Like, at least I know my followers are, like, who follow me they're like real fans right. mm-hmm. I've been stuck at like 140 something for like the last 8 months <laughs> and I've actually like dropped down and like
0: oh I've dropped quality over quantity mm-hmm.
1: yeah I really yeah. don't, don't care like I'm yeah. over it
2: you know what I mean my Snapchat sucks like I don't care like I'm more at peace with it like there's other people that use it and they're amazing at it and they strive and they've got full careers off of Yeah. Yep. you know using these social platforms and It's a
0: full time job. It is. It is. You try to keep up with all of that. That's a full time
2: job. I got other shit to worry about. So
0: now that you've gone through that shift where the content you could put it out the way you did and storytelling and stuff, and now you're seeing the shift of social media and how that's changing everything, what what do you what do you shift into? Or what happens? A lot of people lack
2: creativity. I feel. Mm -hmm. Everyone kind of is very cookie cutter. And I've actually done a lot of things involved that I've been, I've been involved with a lot of things that I'm not allowed to speak, speak about Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: creatively where I know where I stand. Okay. And my goal now is to build my creative firm where I can come in and a brand can approach me and be like, Hey, we need to do this, this, and this. And I really don't care for the recognition. Just give me my check. Right. And I'm content with it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to be famous. I really don't Mm -hmm. give a shit. Like, at one point, credit meant a lot to me. At this point in my life, um, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I I restarted branding all my photos again because for a while, it kind of became corner to, like, put your logo on your photo just because it was oversaturated, and I feel like that helped, that kind of helped me lose my brand because kids had just started getting into who I was or what I did, couldn't tie the two together. Like, all my kids, I was like, wait a minute, you're the one that did that? Oh, no shit, I didn't know. You know what I mean? But. Right. So I kind of restarted doing it just to kind of build the brand again. But it's more, it's more so, so I can use that as as an attachment to be like, well, what have you done? And I can just be like, oh, Google me, and they can kind of like, okay,
0: right, just right. see it. Everything's
1: there. I've never
2: had, to, I've never needed to have like a work website. Right. Where it's like, oh, where can I see your work? I would legit tell clients like, no, I'm not trying to be a dick. Google me. Mm-hmm. As soon as they Google me, and they see everyone that pops up they'd be like, all right, Corey cool, hired. <laughs> like, they wouldn't, <laughs> there you know. There you go. It'd be so easy. And then, um. obviously, through social platforms and whatnot, um, I used to shoot a lot for Nike. I shot for Beats by Dre for many years. Um, and one of their biggest endorsers or endorsees is LeBron James. Mm-hmm. So, I used to shoot a lot of stuff for him, but never got to meet him once again. I was never introduced to him. My job was to take pictures of him. It was very, like, in and out very quick, mm-hmm. never personal, never never intimate in the sense of, like, we had been as always, like, at an event or whatever the case may be. And eventually, I started meeting the people around him, and they kind of started tying the two together, whatever, whatever, whatever. And um, eventually, we did this big job where I got to meet him. And once we met him, we clicked. He's like, yo, I'm a fan. I've seen what you've been doing. You know, a lot of, a lot of it's funny, a lot of athletes, obviously, they're fans of Wayne and the whole yeah. cash money and Drake and all that so they would watch all these videos the day, like you know music and they, like exactly <laughs> so a lot of athletes I met were like yo man I used to love all your cash money stuff so it's like even when I started running with Bron I met a lot of art like a lot of uh, players you know Von Miller from the Denver Broncos was one of the first to like approach me I didn't know who he was I'm not a sports fan people that know me know I'm not a sports fan at mm-hmm. all one of the reasons LeBron loved me was the fact that I did not care about sports and we talked about everything else but basketball. Word. So it, it was like a real cool bond with me and him. But Von Miller was one of the first people to approach me. And that was a major athlete. He was like, yo, I'm a huge fan of what you do. You know, I'm a fan of these guys. So being able to watch everything you do or everything they do through your eyes, is amazing. You're a great storyteller. And we're very cool to know. The they day, I saw him do something else. He had text him. He hit me right away. Yo, thank you, G. You know, good talking to you. Like, it's, it's real cool and like how... You meet people like that that are very, they're passionate about what they do and they appreciate people that are passionate about what they do Mm -hmm. and they approach you and commend you for it. You know, DJ Clark Kent, which is obviously a huge DJ, Mm
1: -hmm. he's
2: one of them. I met him at NBA All-Star Orlando and we're shooting him for Nike and Jordan and for some shoe product. I forgot what it was. And at that time, back then, like the team would all wear like Derek G. Crew Love shirts, like the whole team, and he, we shot him, and as we were walking away, he's like, yo, I see you guys with the shirts, like, who is Derek? And they all pointed at me, and he's like, yo, man, I've watched your shit for like the last three years, and i gonna talk about it because I know I'm always gonna run into the people that I that I like, mm-hmm. and I always wait to meet them before I like tweet them or tag them or anything like right. you know. And I knew I would meet you, and I wanted to tell you friends. And luckily enough, I had a camera guy, and he turned the camera on, and he got all that on footage. Nice. So I have like Clark Kent showing a lot of love. And since then, we've been really good friends. And every time we see each other at a at a corporate event, or if I go to New York and he happens to be DJing somewhere, like I'll pop in, and it's always love. But it's cool because it's it's not based on what he can get out of me because he's never asked me for nothing. He's literally just, he appreciates what I do. Yeah. That's dope. So you meet people like that, and it's cool. Braun being one of those people... <laughs> You know, I had the honor of working with him his last year in Miami, his first year in, you know, in Cleveland. And I got to travel to Brazil with him uh, for the World Cup, so we did that. And it was just cool experiences. you know what I mean? And, and I think me being not a fan of sports and shoot him in a different light, like, more culture-based than, yeah. than athletic-based, yeah. I think works. Mm-hmm. Especially for, like, really I was shooting for Beats at the time, and Beats being such a culture brand. I felt like they were like, I'm not shooting him as an athlete, I'm shooting him as a person, as a brand. Yeah. You know, so, and it was just cool. Like, it was just real cool, and I really don't get starstruck. Mm. So I feel like that's why I work so good with them, because, like, I understand my point, I understand my place. Right. I don't want to speak up, I don't want to speak up. I don't want to speak Do you feel like that's
0: way. an issue in the industry amongst other? I feel like. Not every- just photographers, but. People, that people are, are too
2: busy trying to be famous and they don't play their part. Like they're they're too busy trying to like be in the limelight and be in the photos and, and, and do this and do that. Like you really gotta understand that the right people know what's going on. And that's all that matters. Like mm-hmm. you got nothing to prove to nobody.
0: Everyone has their lane.
2: You know, but the thing is then there's guys that really like push the envelope in the sense of like trying to like be involved and it and works for them and they get in higher places And whether they're kissing ass or they just finagle their way, or they have that talk where they make you feel good, and they're all like, the, ah, you know, you're great, how are you? And it's like, I'm very like, hey, what's up, how are you? I'm very quick and easy, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, those people have enough friends, they don't need no more friends, you know? Right. If, if, something, if a bond grows, amazing, if it doesn't, I mean, we're both gonna be fine at the end of the day, so,
0: yeah.
2: you know, like I said, there's people I've worked with that I recently worked with somebody that I thought was gonna be super dope, and they turn out to be, like, very rude, Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna put them on blast I'm no. either, but they were very, they were very they were very rude and I'm not even rude, they were just like very dry. I'm the only person in the room taking pictures of you, like you would think they would like I just yeah, smile, say hello.
0: You wanna make that connection at least through the camera. And
2: you're hiring so so Your the company's hiring me. And not one for two days and then one of the days was my birthday. And it was one of the ugliest experience I ever had on the job. I got my check. Oh, my God. I never. I told the person who booked me. I was like, "Yo, I appreciate it, but I really don't ever care to work with that person again." So,
0: wow.
2: like, it was just ugly. Like, that's unfortunate. I
0: don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> um. All right, I want to back up a little bit because you, gotta you find were out, so. <laughs> a girl. I was
3: thinking
0: a guy. Um. So I want to back up to when you were talking about cash money and flying around with Birdman and all that stuff. Did you grow up wealthy, comfortable, poor, struggle? I was
2: raised by a single mother from an immigrant country. What country? My mom was born in Colombia, raised in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. So she came to the States with two of her sisters. Uh, One of them chickened out and ran home, (laughs) back to Costa Rica. And then uh, my mom and my aunt Yvonne stayed. And um, they actually moved to New York first. And then eventually, my aunt settled in, uh, in Connecticut.
0: Shout out hey. to CT. Stand up. And my
2: mom said, yo, I'm out. And, I'm
0: and okay. this is why we are now in Los Angeles. Yeah. And, <laughs> no, but I left no, Connecticut. Right? It's, it's, and, um, home. it's home. My
2: mom ended up dipping to Miami, where mm-hmm. she met my father and had me. But unfortunately, end. My, mom, my dad... Decided to, he had other things to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, left the responsibility to my mom. And it's a blessing in disguise because my mom tells me that my father was a very, very strict man. And chances are he would have never allowed me to be the person I am today because he would have been so you to have a job, you need to go to school. Mm-hmm. My mom was raised that way, so she had always made a promise to herself that she was going to be very free and very supportive of whatever her kid wanted to do.
0: That's amazing. You know and I mean,
2: I don't smoke, I don't drink. I've never been in jail. Yeah, where I graduated high school. All. I don't have a baby mom. Mm-hmm. 32, 20, 33, self-made.
0: Ladies, get at him. No kids.
2: <laughs> so
0: and, Self-made.
3: Self-made so getting these
2: know, checks. Doesn't and
3: smoke, doesn't drink.
2: So like I said, it just she did good. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And my mom's a very, very, very tough and very strong woman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and does she, she get? She understands everything. Yeah, she, she gets, gets it. it. She gets it. You know, she smiles about it. Like obviously, like all the girls and stuff. When I should, like, she's. I was the gonna funn- say, did she ever be thing like really shocked? Like, selfies and I have like an ass or like a pair of tits next to my head, and I like, end up on Facebook, like on my aunt, are like, "Oh, you look so handsome. Like, oh, how cute!" It's the funniest shit. They read it so genuine, but like everyone else, obviously knows what I'm doing. But they're just like my family is very, very supportive Obviously, all like my cousins and uncles love it. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean? But like all my aunts and like all my female cousins, they're very supportive and very proud. You know, they're all still in Costa Rica. I got family in Colombia. I got family in Cuba. Mm-hmm. My mom's father, which is my grandfather, passed away when she was really young, so she never really got to meet him. I never met him, obviously. He was Mexican, so like the bloodline is crazy, but the culture you is. You got all the Latin yeah. in you. You
0: got all the crazy in you.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's Miami basically. Miami. No, it's Miami. But yes, yeah, we you know my mom worked very very hard to to keep us afloat, and you know she made it happen. Mm-hmm. And, so were we poor? I don't think we were ever poor. Mm-hmm. But I know she busted her ass mm-hmm. to have us where we were.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I don't ever remember, like, being on a mission. And maybe we were, and I just was too young to understand. Mm-hmm. But I, to, to my knowledge and to, like, what I remember, I don't ever remember being on a mission. Like I know she busted her ass. So. Well,
0: and she did her job very well. Yeah. So shout out to your mom. Oh yeah. So, all right. So then, being with Birdman and seeing all these luxuries and all this money and all this craziness was that ever like. It's a changing thought process for you. Was it like what is going on, or was it like this is amazing? I want this, and that drove you. You know, what's
2: funny. It actually showed me that with all that, because I had access to. Not say I had access to, it, but I experienced. It. I flew private. Like, you know, the cars were there, and I'm a huge car guy, once mm-hmm. again, like I said. So, like, even when he got his Bugatti, I saw his Bugatti before he did. He mm-hmm. called me, he's like, Yo, go to the studio, there's something I'm gonna pull up, I need you to film it. You're gonna like it. So, I get there when I see the car pull up, and I do not know what was in it. They opened the trailer, it's fucking red Bugatti. I'm like, Holy shit. I text him, I'm like, Yo, what the fuck? He's like, I'll be there in an hour. But he knew, like, I was gonna get excited, because, like, like I said, I love the cars. But I realized that all that stuff doesn't make you happy. Mm-hmm. So it was a good, good lesson. Like I'm kind of jaded by life right now. I'm, a lot of, it doesn't excite me, so I feel like I'm ready for something, mm. like a new responsibility, whether it be a kid or whatever. Oh
3: my god! Like, I'm ready for like a new Why responsibility. Why did they just jump Why straight to be a kid?
2: Because that's like the realest shit you can have. I know, but
3: you need to, you like, need like a like a girl first
0: like a real connection with another I almost would being. rather,
2: the thing is, it's like, it's. there's so much bullshit and so much lies and like...
0: But do you really have the time and the schedule and what you need to Yo, foster a child? mom made it child? happen. My mom
2: made it happen. Why can't I?
0: Because you'd be flying back and forth. No, like, no,
2: no, I could no. Change My problem
1: things.
0: with this is
3: feeling like you need something else in life right now and that's why you're like,
2: let me have well, What's it that need? It's want. I, I want well, something else. Yeah, okay. I don't okay, need something. I want some else. Yeah, but you
3: want to like,
2: and the thing is is once again, like, the thing with the women and all that shit is like it's there's so many lies and everyone lies to each other and I'm not pointing fingers, but I mean you there's certain yeah. situations where, where one lies just to like avoid dealing with bullshit and avoid you know what I mean? And it just gets to a point where it's like I'm at a point where I'd rather just link up with a homegirl mind and be like, what's up, you wanna be co parents?
0: I've heard of that happening. Yeah. You know
2: what I mean? Where it's like you're legit you legit share the responsibility of a child.
0: Yeah. Like, and you guys care about sex. Each like you other. guys are just
2: homies. And y'all just have a kid a together, it. and it's cool. Yeah. It even, it even comes to a point where y'all don't even have to have sex. You can just do fucking artificial insemination. It's like, yo, that's our kid. That's my dog. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it works. Well,
0: people, do, Yeah, that's you know definitely what I mean? and a I nowadays. And I,
2: I, I would honestly rather deal with that than have baby mama drama and deal with someone that I can't trust, and is that my kid or not? And, like, I've seen drama, and I've seen people go through shit, and it's like, well, I pray that I never have to deal with that shit. So
3: let's talk about this. this is actually what I want to talk about. Um, the relationship side of it doing what you do yeah like has that been difficult for you have you had a lot of relationships during your career have they i mean i've
2: had a few serious ones and the photography stuff hasn't been the cause of the breakup but it's not the best thing in the world yeah it doesn't help it that's the best way but it doesn't help it's never been like the cause of like oh i can't be with. is it
0: the girls you photograph in general or the lifestyle
2: it's more the girls than anything because the thing is that my, my lifestyle is not like yeah. I said I don't smoke I don't party yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm at a club because I'm getting paid or it's someone's right. birthday mm-hmm. like yeah. very or like someone's in town and I'm hosting them out and it's just that I just obviously they're my friend, or friend. Right, I'm right. gonna take care of them make sure they have a good time you know like I'm not out fucking around, I'm not, yeah, like, um, I was Please. born and raised in this Miami. This is a
0: catch, man, I don't
2: know. I was born and raised in Miami, <laughs> like, and I'm built Miami tough, like, man, that shit gets in my way, like, I'm not distracted by the nightlife,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know what I mean, like, I have access to every club. And
3: you're so jaded by it, I mean, yeah, you've like, done I'm it with, like, the,
2: with the, best, the best of, of the, the best, best. So and, it's like, like, and drink, so yeah. it's like, and I don't drink, so it's like, and I don't, I've had opportunities to smoke with Snoop Dogg, and like I grew up, and <laughs> it's fun. So funny!
1: And I was like,
2: "Yeah, I'm good. Thank you." And it's like everyone we had was a like, party what the with fuck? Last
0: Like he night. was at last night, and we left before like <laughs> show it went down.
2: So it's like, you know what I mean? And Snoop's one of the nicest people I've ever met in my mm-hmm. entire life. So like, shout out to him. But it's one of those things where it's like, you really, really start to like realize like what's what and mm-hmm. and who's what, and like you you meet friends or you start paying attention to friends and where their minds are and what their goals are and what they're trying to do and mm-hmm. the opportunist and and like the real deep people like my friends that I grew up with that are like my real friends today that I don't see months at a time are the ones that'll come be like, What are you doing, bitch? Yeah. Like, you know, they don't they you pick don't pick up right fuck. where you left off. One of the coolest shit even... that's ever happened to me, one of my closest friends, mind you like three years of me working with cash money. Like Drake's already popping, like everybody Bro, have you ever met Drake? This is one of my closest friends. He doesn't give a shit about what I'm doing for work. He mm-hmm. doesn't care. Like, he's, we talk about Carly. Like he doesn't care. And, like, that was so dope to me and people like them. But then, well, How is he your friend if he doesn't pay attention? You know, because he doesn't care about that shit. He's yeah. my friend. Like, he knows my mom. I know his mom. Like,
1: yeah.
2: like, it's just, like, and I appreciate that because at the end of the day, when shit goes down and something really happens and you really need people to be there for you, it's not going to be the ones that were there around because you're around all these celebrities. You, you have the plugs and you have this and you have that. You know what I mean? It's like the ones that are were your friends when you guys were little and you needed to ride to school and you needed, like, yo, my mom, like, fuck, I'm locked out of my house. Let me chill here till my mom gets home. Right. Like, you know? Like, shit like that. So, it, the jaded is, like, a, it's bittersweet. One, because I kind of start acknowledging and start appreciating things I didn't appreciate as much, like, certain people and certain friends and certain situations. And, and it comes to life, like, I can... I'm over all that shit. You know, the only thing I wish, and, and as corny as cheesy as this is, is like, and maybe it's not cheesy, fuck it, is like being able to, I've traveled, I've been on every continent in the world except Antarctica. But it was always been for work or by myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I've never been able to experience that with my parents. I've never been able to experience that with like a spouse. You know, yeah. with one girlfriend I came to LA and to Vegas, and with another girlfriend I went to New York. That's what, that's, been the equivalent of me traveling with a girlfriend yeah and your i've traveled with homegirls and i've traveled with groups of friends and i've done mm-hmm. that shit but like to go out and experience something experience, sure. with a spouse mm-hmm. and share an intimate moment like in, let's say in the grand canyon you know, i just went with my two homegirls and it was just on some homie shit it's like if i would have gone with y'all like yo this is dope yeah but like to be there with someone you really care about and experience yeah. that you know what i mean like that's shit that like i'm looking forward to like yeah. find someone that i can open up and like fuck their past and fuck my past and like all the bullshit and literally just find something real with someone real and understand, like, this is, like, human shit, and, like, you just really want to have, like, a peaceful life with someone that mm-hmm. cares about you and you care about them, and you don't have to look over your shoulder and talk about, like, hiding your phone, and, like, I don't want that shit. Like, I'm yeah. All, and with all the deceit and the bullshit and the entertainment industry and everything, like, I'm, like, I'm 32 and I've experienced so much with all that, and I'm kind of happy for it. I feel it.
0: like 10 years in the industry is, like... Oh, my gosh. Like
2: 20 like, or
1: 30 like years like of my normal life. life. yeah. <laughs> you know, like,
2: I have other people that are just like, how did they feel to do this and how did they feel to do that? And it's just like, yo, they're normal people,
0: bro.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And we're the ones that put them at that pedestal. Yeah. The same way we can put them up, we can take them right back down. So you true. You know, not, not to name any artists, but there's certain artists that were at the top, and, like, no one gives a shit about them anymore. It sucks. That is true. Because they were so good. True. And now you have, like, all these garbage acts, but at the end of the day, maybe my parents thought who I liked was garbage, so we can't sit there and shit on anybody, because these kids probably think who I like is garbage, you know what I mean,
0: Yeah. it's different. About <laughs> I don't oh. know, the kids are listening to some crazy shit these days. Shit. <laughs> I mean, we're all that's the same age range, so it's anymore. like,
3: it's like sound. It's and it, like, it all sounds the same,
2: but fuck oh, it, I that mean, that's what makes them happy. Look, look at look at it. For example, I was. I huge. mean,
3: I like it. I like the ratchet stuff. I like hearing it, the beat
0: or whatever. But there's nothing. Even in like the last quality, really, four months like, or I whatever, whatever that we've been in LA, we spent a lot of time listening to the radio, especially since we drove across and everything for two weeks and in the car. And the other day, I just said to her, I was like, somebody needs to put out new music. I am yeah. so sick of hearing the same thing over. Who do you guys like over right over now? Over and over and over, and over and, and over again.
2: Who do you guys like right now? Music was.
0: Um, I really like... I've been listening to Galat. I haven't it. And um, I'm really excited about Shake.
2: Shake dope. I saw um, her perform live the other day in Miami. She's dope. Yeah. I mean, kind the of, few songs a, that are out there, I did Kind it of though. A, a lot to take in, but she was dope. Definitely an entertainer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah you could tell that. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen I her in Jameson, person, but... Yeah, Jameson James is, dope is dope right like, now. So good. Um, yeah, there's a few people. I usually, honestly... Uh, Apple Music has been like the best thing ever because I'll just mm-hmm. put on like Beats One Radio, mm-hmm. and the shows that they have—they have every kind of music—and that's how I just discover songs and just add them to my playlist. So like a lot of times I don't even know who's singing it mm-hmm. or what it is, but I know that I like it, and right. they just make it so easy. Shout out to Apple Music, man, fucking oh. <laughs> <laughs> killing it! Yeah, I mean, and I'm they're so like, like Beats One Radio is just so good, and it's, like they say World One World Radio, and I'm hearing music from Africa, I'm hearing mm-hmm. music from London, yeah. from Australia, like everything and and but my
2: whole shit is sorry to cut you off it's no. like what's next after that i don't know that's my whole problem with that it's like I they're know. always in a hurry to like give you everything okay so what's what's next universal music yeah like what we're
3: gonna and hear the, shit off mars yeah, i know that's what i'm saying it's like, <laughs> little animal that, sounds are like wind blowing off mars jaded.
2: And that's why people start getting weird and they start like. Yeah. The shit well, everything's
3: just well, moving so much to faster. Well, that's find it though. Like, well, yeah. what what people are hearing on the radio when they're just turning it on is just like, come
2: on. It's funny it, because know? now you say that because like now I just my boy put me onto the whole Spotify thing. He added me to his account, and all I listened to was like nineties. Yeah. And I just go back and like yeah, like in the car we're driving drove from Arizona. Uh, I was just playing a bunch. Of, I have my I have the original like the black iPod the eighty gig. Mm-hmm. So like, it'll just put shuffle and I have shit there from. Since I got it, yeah. and the girls that I was with, they were like, "Man, you have so much old shit that," and I just put shuffle, so I'm literally just clicking until I find something mm-hmm. I like, and then they spaz out like, "Oh shit, I haven't heard that." Leave anymore.
0: this one. Leave yeah, this one. exactly. 90s. Go back. Go back. We had a whole nineties <laughs> night where we sat here and, and watch just watched music, music videos, videos. Mm-hmm. like Missy, Whitney Houston, like everything.
2: See, like Missy, Missy's an artist. Oh. And she's like that. I miss like her creativity,
0: yes. her yeah.
2: flow. The combination between her and Timberland was so dope.
0: Amazing. Unreal. We had
3: that whole conversation.
1: I don't know if
0: there. I don't think anybody's really like a duo like that. Like a, I don't. That I felt like as good as them. I mean, there's I mean, good ones out there that have done great things, different. but it it's was just, a different yeah. Combination. It was, it was such a refreshing who wasn't sound. Being
3: like looked at for you know.
2: Yeah, she wasn't a sex symbol. Right. Yeah. So, so it was just like, just like she a was dope, an dope dynamic
3: between two artists. Mm-hmm. Like it was just sick. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. But. Yeah, we need that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I, feel feel like there's a shift happening. I do feel like there's a little shift happening in music. I think people are starting to, like, adapt that more old-school vibe. It's just getting it out there and getting on the radio. Yeah. The radio is the problem. The radio doesn't play. The radio's playing all the stuff to, like, dumb you down and fucking... But I don't
2: think it's the radio because I don't think people listen to the radio anymore. Yeah,
0: Yeah, most people don't. People are on Spotify.
3: (laughs) But that's the commercial stuff, I mean. And, like, the people being signed to labels and the stuff the labels want to put out, like... It's sad because you do hear of artists when they're independent and their stuff is so dope, and then they go mainstream and it's like, well, what happened here? And now I'm yeah. doing the same shit again. Yeah, so,
0: definitely. Yeah.
1: It was,
3: it was a, a couple artists butter. like that. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So what about, let's move on. Patty's really good at asking questions. <laughs> I'm
1: just that. Listening <laughs> back.
3: Like, <laughs> listening to the
0: conversation.
2: Her pose, look at her pose.
0: <laughs> I like to know things. We did Pilates this morning, and there's like... My sit, sit, sit bone, like the tailbone at the end of it, whatever it's my called. Sit bone, tailbone, yeah. It's like, it's just, there's a lot going on. So your ass
1: hurts? Yeah. Not my Basically.
0: My lower back. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I am expensive.
2: That started, it was funny to me, so. <laughs> like. The experience I've said this many times they read my interviews and people don't know, like, this is, like, legit what happened. So, I used to walk around saying it just to kind of be funny, whatever. But I didn't really take it serious though when I went to Paris one time. Because I said it, actually, I was saying it before I really tied in with Cash Money. And it was just, like, my thing. And when I went to Paris with them the first time, we walked into Louis Vuitton, the original Louis Vuitton store, I believe the one by the Four Seasons. Mm -hmm. If you've been to Paris, you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's a two-story store. We walked in, we went straight upstairs. In a matter of like an hour and 45 minutes, he spent about $33,000 on just a bunch of Louis Vuitton shit. I'm like, all right, that's cool. I've never seen that in my entire life, but cool. (laughs) So whatever. Um, We're packing up, we're leaving. We're walking down the stairs some lady opens a drawer that's like right in the line outside you walking down and there's some socks there so a bird goes hey what's up with those socks what colors do you have them?" in? like I open the drawer, like these are the colors like, cool let me get those three right there and that set off like another shopping spree it's like oh fuck it. oh look at that purse let me get that purse right there let me get this let me get that He ended up spending in like another hour, like another $22,000. Oh
1: my
2: god. So I'm like, he spent $55,000 in less than three hours at Louis Vuitton. So I'm like, shit. But what set off the extra $22,000 were those socks. The socks were $400 a pair for two socks. (laughs) made $30,000. $400. And I'm like, what the fuck? And mind you,
0: the wool that they wrapped Baby Jesus
3: in. Is, is that, that what they I don't know. Because I don't my socks. <laughs> but they were $400 socks. $400.
2: So he bought three pairs. So it was $1,200 and basically three times wore socks. So I'm just like, yo, I've never spent, like, spent back then, it was like $20 for a box and for a bag of socks? Fuck. Right. I was, like, I was like, I'm a mission, you know? And I was just like, fuck, like, it's really about branding. At the end of the day, with the $400 he spent, I could buy socks for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, that opened my eyes, and I was like, holy shit, like, it's legit. He's buying it because of the name. I'm sure they're very comfortable socks. I've never worn a pair, but I'm sure (laughs) they feel like heaven on your feet. Because of $400, Do you think they really feel like heaven on your feet? I have no idea. I would
0: hope they would. But
2: who
1: knows? (laughs) That's when I really realized
2: what, like, branding, like, the power of branding and marketing. And it's Mm -hmm. just, like, that's when, like, the light bulb hit. And that's, like, when I started pushing forward and I started holding the business card. Like, I used to take pictures of things with my blackberry and I would hold my business card in the front because there wasn't apps to like tag your photos back then mm-hmm. and it kind of just became like photos were rotating with like my business card in them, and they would know it's like an official it came to the point that I would do it so much that when I wouldn't do it in front of Birdman he would be like yo where's your business card like he wanted <laughs> nice. me in there because he liked the, the statement I am expensive mm-hmm. and it just like it became my thing and then I, you know some people loved it most people loved it every now and then it would be like yo you sound like an arrogant asshole mm-hmm. like oh you sound cocky so it's kind of like what IAE became, and IAE became obviously an abbreviation or an acronym. I am expensive, mm-hmm. and it slowly transitioned, you know, into like me traveling and whatnot. So slowly now it's I am everywhere, and I have this goal of like doing all these different things to help, you know, with charity and education and all types of things. Where like I am environment,
3: girls, I'm I mean, am education.
2: This is
0: like the total package, right? I want to do
2: like this whole food thing. I <laughs> ate everything. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I got I got this concept and I'm gonna talk about it now tell you all. Yeah, camera, don't put it out. But it's going to be <laughs> we get dope.
1: all the exclusives. Uh,
2: so I'm just running within like people love and they eat it up and slowly like the brand is, you know, developing and whatnot and mm-hmm. and I like it slow and steady. It's not I don't want it to be oversaturated. Like my goal is not to like get it to its peak and sell it and like cash out. Like I right. want it, I would love to own this for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just keep it what it is. If I sell, you know, three thousand bucks worth a month for the rest of my life, cool. Like yeah. I'm not. I don't live off of it. I don't depend on it. It's just something I enjoy to just do. Just an extra thing. right? And and mm-hmm. I think that's dope. That because I like doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's a very small company. It's three friends. You know what I mean. We have four brands total, and that being one of them, and we just have fun doing it. Yeah. You know, obviously, the goal is to make money, but right now we're not stressing. It is what it is. We're just letting the brand become what the brand needs to become.
0: So it's like a little co- organic, too. natural. Yeah. Dope.
2: Like it's not. Like, there's no real game plan. It's just mm-hmm. things happen. We make it happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: So like, that gets me excited. Yeah. I'm like, talking about like things that are, like, that gets me excited. Because it's just like, some shit, you know, you're just throwing shit on the wall until something sticks, yeah. basically. Right. You know, we've done things and we've taken losses like money and like, fuck. <laughs> we end up giving the shit away and there's sort other of things that we can't keep it on the shelf. We got to literally, every other day, we got to make a call like, yo, mix it more, mix it more, mm-hmm. mix it more. Right, and you never
3: know unless you try
2: it. Yeah, so like, that's the that's the issue with that. That's why the clothing get up give props to those people that got clothing brands and they've succeeded this far because that's a tough game.
0: Yeah, and now the fashion industry moves so fast. Like, styles are just, like, turning yeah. over so You sneeze fast.
2: twice and it's, like, different. Done. It's completely different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you go to the bathroom and you come back to the table and everyone's dressed just different. differently.
0: <laughs> you
2: know what I mean? Like, you know, what the fuck?
0: So, um, you just mentioned charity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that, like, a big thing for you is that something you've been doing. Is that just a new idea that
1: came to um,
2: you? I mean, Why I, do you want I to could that? do a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to do my part. Like I like to recycle. Like I don't like to litter. So like I do like my little stuff. That's like, important. Uh, yeah, like to you me, do. to me, like I like you know.
0: It's the little things, and yeah, if everybody it, did the little things. You know, I mean, I'm
2: big on animals, so like even yesterday we were coming back from Arizona, and we seen like a dog in the gas station. It's hot as shit. Like I literally like went out of my way to like pour water for him. Like, I do like, the little shit that I can on mine that makes me feel good. Yeah. Um. Can I do more for charity? Definitely. Everyone could do more. Yeah. Um, but it, it's in it's in the it's in the plan, you know what I mean? And with with education and arts, more so arts, because I'm a big believer. I'm not a good student. And what I mean by that is like I can't be taught things; I have to learn on my own. Like I can't sit here and you guys can sit here and explain to me how this shit works, and I wouldn't know. Like I'd have yeah, to like be like, the middle that. for like an hour and let me figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's how I've always been. That's why I didn't go to college or nothing. Uh, I'm not good with school, and uh, a lot of programs in Florida or in Miami, at least to my knowledge, are losing a lot of their art programs. And to me, art is very that's important.
0: Across yeah. the nation, art is very important
2: to me because to me. Do I need math? Yeah, obviously, I need to put out on account. I got to make sure I count my money. I got to count my inventory. You know, I need math. But there's a lot of shit that they teach that really is not relevant. Not necessary. For, as an adult, for certain people. And
3: half the time, not even accurate. Like, a lot of the yeah. history stuff now that you've been taught
1: is,
2: like, not even... Yeah, not like, the money. shit that comes out and be like, hey, you've been <coughs> fucking bamboozled. Yeah. yeah so it's like, I, I really, I really want to for like, for example, like I said, I've always chose photography as an elective, and I never got it. In ninth grade, which was back in 99, I got a TV production class. And this is, like, when DVDs were super expensive, so we were learning how to, like, dub VHS tapes, which was Mm -hmm. stupid because VHS tapes died two years later.
0: Right. But nobody
2: knew that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Word. But, like, that's something that I really want to push towards, is, like, creative programming and creative outlets or creative alternatives to education where it's, like, because there's some people that really suck at math. But you know what? If... They can make the same salary as a teacher or even a doctor painting, and they're amazing at painting. Why the fuck not?
1: Yeah, yeah. For like, sure.
2: who's, who's anyone to say, like, that's not a proper career? You know what I mean? Like, when I went to Cuba, I've been to Cuba twice. The first time I went on my own to drop off some film for a, I think it was a Leona Lewis video. I can't even remember. It was back in 2009. Um, and I went recently in 2015 and I went with a friend of mine to abstract. He's a big painter. And he went over there to go paint for this event they were doing. it's literally like, this guy has a wife and two kids and grown-ass man, and he lives off of painting. So if he can do it, why can't other people? For and sure. not that he learned. He learned after school, and he learned on his own time. And, but imagine if we could teach that stuff in school where kids get out, and they can automatically have a career. And <coughs> even, like, graphic design, that's, what, mm-hmm. that's like, a good outlet for artists because, like, hey, people need this stuff done. You, you can know? apply
3: it to something that's necessary. That's necessary,
2: exactly. And, you know, there's outlets for that. But it's, mm-hmm. like, they're not teaching that shit in school, I feel it. Everything is literally, like, you know even like college you go to college and they have what are those classes that you have to take Like basically like high school courses but like Oh core like core,
0: the base, core, whatever yeah. core like classes. that shit
2: i just got out of fucking high school why am i paying 2 years of college to do that right. shit to do
0: the same thing and then yeah. you have to
2: wait and then by the time you get to your your major you don't even give a fuck about it anymore cuz no. you're just stressed out about all the shit so it's yes. like i'm a big believer that college you know
0: college, a lot about college for not having cuz I'm, I'm a
2: big believer that college makes <laughs> great employees yeah. It makes great employees, it doesn't make great bosses. And that's the problem. This world needs more bosses. And that's why a lot of people struggle and you know. And there's lose. also
3: no assistance for people who want to be artists. Like there's no benefits. There's no pension. There's no right. insurance. It's the corporate fields that are offering these benefits to people. But yeah, I don't you don't get into the thing is and I
2: understand why, I it's know? because we need those things for the economy to, right. to yeah, stay level. Because if everybody if everyone becomes but independent. That's
3: why you're not being so People aren't jumping at being a painter, like mm-hmm. that's why they get discouraged because they're being told, "Oh, the future, the future, yeah. you know, that's not stable. What are you gonna do? What are you, you know?" The and they're fed all stable. of that, and you're like, "Oh my God, I, I need a retirement How do you know you're gonna be alive next week? You know, like yes, these things are are important, I think, but yeah.
0: <laughs> and, you whatever." Know,
2: that was my political rant. Are you voting? No, why? I'm not, I'm not contributing to that bullshit. I mean, I know my vote counts, but I, well, how, who do you vote for? Right. Mean, you don't want either side to win. Yeah. I'm going to go to Costa Rica for four years.
0: Okay. Cool. I'm
2: talking shit. I'm not going go to Costa
0: Rica. <laughs> 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 i business. might.
2: but like I said, I don't, I don't want nothing to do with that. Like, that's not, I don't, I mean. I feel you. I saw the debate today. My friend DVR'd it. And I did it. I had more fun. Putting Snapchat filters over their face and paying attention that's to that's all about. I was
0: seeing on Snapchat. It's like such <laughs> I literally joke. still have it. Like it's this hilarious, crazy.
2: But like, it just goes to show you like how serious are we taking it when that's what we're doing? I don't remember during the Obama elections like people doing that shit. I mean, obviously Snapchat wasn't around back then, but still, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it was taken more serious. Even yeah. with, I mean, as young as I was, like I remember the Bush and I remember the Clinton. Like it was just like, and I and I was younger then, and yeah, I and I felt like more joke. serious now. Yeah. It, it's just like,
3: having Trump in the race just feels like a joke.
1: Sorry. And you know what? He, he,
2: might have, he might have some points, but I don't think he's stable mentally to run a fucking country. He's too much of a hothead. He, he's not rational. He's not logical. Mm-hmm. He makes a lot of good points, and yeah, there's a lot of things you can point the he's finger at. He's a businessman. He's a And he gets, it. yeah, he gets business. I mean, he's, what is it? He's had, filed for bankruptcy seven times and he's still a millionaire. He's figured out some kind of scam. Yeah. So, you know, but that goes to show you the kind of person he is, like right. but
1: Scammer.
2: At the end of the day, like I mean I get I get why people like him because he stands for something that Hillary and these other Hillary and like that cult play doesn't stand for, which is something that a lot of people don't understand is where socialism can go. hmm And I'm gonna talk about politics because it's not my place.
0: Yeah, no. But I usually I, don't either. I just wanted to yeah. know if
2: you're
3: gonna vote or not. I'm
1: not voting. <laughs> to answer your question,
3: I'm not voting.
0: Cool. Um, <laughs> um,
3: so we met three years ago and shot together for the first time. and obviously you're always like positive super chill person, but I've noticed in the last maybe a year like your posts have changed a little bit more. It feels like you're more on a spiritual side. I don't know if you were so much before and maybe you're just showing it more, but like the positivity, like I feel like you're putting out there more of that and I wonder if that was like a shift that you felt happen or something that you feel like is being lacked out there that you want to like show that side or
2: I mean everyone I everyone being that I'm from Miami and I look the way that I look and I'm around home around I'm to that I fall into like that stereotypical you know party person that gets fucked up every weekend and I'm not opposed to that that's what you do that's what you do mm-hmm. but um people don't understand how that shit can get you carried away And I kind of want people to know, like, because people, like, die and they struggle to, like, be in the position that I'm in. And I didn't fight to be where I'm at. I literally, for lack of better words, it fell on my lap. I never thought that I would be working with who I'm working with. And it was never like, oh, i got to work hard to be with this person. It was never none of that. It was literally just, I like cars. I played with cars. I did everything with cars because that's what made me happy. And eventually that's what got me it just goes to show you, you follow your heart it'll get you to where you need to get to I love photography it was something I did as a kid and in high school I was the kid with the camera at every car show we went to my brother and all his friends my brother's older and all his friends that wanted pictures wouldn't even bring a camera to the car show they would literally give me $20 a piece to go to Eckerd's and develop the film so I can get you know quadruples <laughs> and whatever the equivalent of like five times each picture just because they knew I was going to shoot every single car at the show and they wanted like they didn't say yo cool let Derek do it you know, and I was a little brother running around with the camera and taking pictures of everything. And, you know, I had an accident where I messed up my shoulder and my settlement allowed me to get my first laptop and my first camera of high caliber. Um, and back then, like I said, I was really into the cars. One of my friends admitted to me recently that back then, I was like, they would basically shit on me for like, oh, you could have finished your car with an idiot. You wouldn't buy a fucking laptop and a camera. And the other day he was drunk and he's like, man, like I regret saying those things because we're so fucking proud of you like look what you've done we're mm-hmm. over here working nine to fives and like being on struggles and you're over here traveling the world you know rubbing your elbows with you know texting with people that we can only imagine to even see in person one day and you can mm-hmm. literally text the person to call them right now and it's all based because you made that decision. Because I easily could have, they were talking about because I was supposed to, a, supposed to put a hydraulic setup in my Cadillac. <laughs> and I took that money and I got my camera and my laptop. Yeah, uh, there you know, go. That was a
3: better choice, I yeah.
2: think. <laughs> you know what I mean? It Good now,
0: decision.
3: You, you know, made so, enough investment. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So it's like, it, it's just more sort of like let people know. Because people feel like, like the other day I was talking to somebody, like there's no such thing as time. Time, time is something that was created by man. You know what I mean? Like we're the ones that put, you no, know, the store closes at nine. We're the ones that put twenty four hours a day. God didn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's not a spiritual thing. Right. The sun sets and the sun rises. That's it. There's no concept of time. We're the ones that put time on ourselves. We're the ones that put deadlines on ourselves. And people feel like if they don't get nothing done by a certain age or a certain thing that right. they're gonna fail women women like oh look. by 30 if you're not married oh that's it I'm never gonna be like that's <laughs> cat lady yeah society does it though
3: yeah, but that's what it is society it
2: like respects. there's there's such a dope story And my, my god um, my stepfather's a huge 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 fan of bald eagles for whatever reason that's his favorite animal and he's the one that validated for me that day. I found out that eagles certain eagles or I don't know if all eagles at the age of 40 they hit a fork on the road 40 years of age, these birds can last up to 40 years or even more, what what I'm going to tell you now is they get to like this fork on the road. And I'm not, this is not precise, so don't quote me on it, but (laughs) it's basically, they get to a fork on the road and they decide whether I'm going to die or I'm going to survive. And what they basically do is they go into isolation for like six months. I don't know exactly how much time, but they basically pluck their own feathers and they rip their beak off of their face by mashing into a side of a mountain until their new beak grows back and their feathers grow back and they live an extra 30 years. So if an eagle can do that, and that's their instinct. Why can't humans do that? Why can't right now, if you're like, man, it's been a shit show from here on out, and at Let the age of forty, just be like, you know what? Let me get my shit together and start all over yeah. again. So like that whole ego shit. And I told my, I was telling my stepdad, and he's like, yeah, that's true. And he's like, he's like, he was just like, yeah, it's like a fact. Like he knew that I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm gonna GTS ass. To Who
0: start does start work done here? Because <laughs> like, that that's sounds crazy. like a phoenix almost. You know what I mean? So basically, you know, that's rising what it is, from yeah. the ashes.
2: So it's like like with shit like that is. It's just to open people. And I, I've gone through a lot of situations the last couple of days where um, basically my little brother lost control in one of my cars and total lost my truck, and he could have died, and he walked home. Oh so thank God. God for that. A week and a half later, another, uh, another person I had in my life that's been in my life for a really long time uh, gets shot, and he's in the hospital in critical condition right now. A week and a half after that, here in California... A friend of mine is from back from my neighborhood. Loses control in his car. Car flips. Catches on fire. Eighty percent of his body is burned. Amputate his legs. Amputate his arm. And then three days later, he goes brain dead and they disconnect him and he dies. And then now, oh, two days ago, Jose Fernandez from the Marlins, which I knew through a friend, you know, was in a boating accident, and died. The kid's twenty four years old. Just announced his wife is pregnant. Oh,
1: no.
2: About to sign a really two hundred. No, about to sign a two hundred million dollar deal. And so something's going on. Yeah. And these are all young people that, like I said, some I know more than others. Jose, I wasn't, we were cool. We see each other say what's up. I wasn't really a, I wasn't his friend. I was not his friend. Mm-hmm. It's just, but it's crazy. Like, why? Like, it just goes to show it could be anybody. Yeah.
1: Because mm-hmm. the first
2: three people were people that are, you know, that are important to me. But the rest of the world, they can give a shit. Right. Jose Fernandez, obviously, was a, a, a public think, figure. Yeah. He a celebrity, you know, a, a big athlete an all-star, and look what happened, and it's just, like, such a big deal, and it just goes to show you, like, it, it literally happened to anybody, so it's just, it's just more about putting, like, just the right energy and the right support, and it's crazy how people react to it, because usually I'm, I'm very, you know, very, not standoff, it's like, if I fuck mm-hmm. with you, I fuck with you, and I'm, you know, you've already, you met me today, and you are already seen how loose I can be with someone I'm around that I'm comfortable with,
0: Yeah, I'm the but same there's one. certain
2: people that if I don't know you... Like, I'm not saying shit to you. It's not that I'm being rude, in it's I'm not friendly. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know
2: what I mean. And it's just certain people that I can open up to, and 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 they're the homie. You know what I mean. Every time I come to New York, or I would go to New York, or LA, she gets a text message. Like and that was the first time we hang out. Another time she hit Miami, she would hit me like Yo, I'm in town, and it was just always very cordial, and we're you know we're homies, mm-hmm. and like that's what friendships, that's what friendship is. You know what I mean. But then there's there's certain situations where like I started doing that just because it felt right and I just wanted to start putting like positive energy out there going through a lot of negative shit and it's amazing how people like I would just put like yo everyone have a blessed day you know blessings all around and 50 people would respond same to you thank you I needed that and it's just like damn like I never and it's not that I wouldn't I just wouldn't I wouldn't write shit yeah I'd post a video of my cat or some dumb shit and now it's just like literally like you know, telling everyone good morning, telling everyone good night,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and like how people respond to that, and they just—I feel like people need that.
0: Yeah, your and vibe attracts your tribe. Yeah. So whatever you're gonna put out, you're gonna get it back.
2: And then. Um, just like speaking
0: existence.
1: Yeah,
2: and I mean, I sometimes forget. You know what my name or what my actions could do. Being of, you know, people put me on a pedestal per se because of who I've been around. And, you know, all the big people that I've worked with and why they chose me and whatnot. So people automatically, society just puts you on a pedestal. Right. You know, some people put you on a pedestal for the wrong reasons. Some put you up as inspiration. Like, them. if he did it, I could do it too. Mm-hmm. And obviously the reason I do everything is just for those, the ones that, like, they look up to you. You know what I mean? And, and putting that stuff out there and just giving people the good energy and, you know, like, people really respond to it. And mm-hmm. it's cool and it, it opened my eyes to, so like, damn, I got to start putting more out there. And it's, like, literally, like, if you smile at somebody... Nine out of ten times, you're going to smile back. Mm-hmm, yeah. I don't smile much, but it's the same concept. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm putting, like, positive energy out there, and I've been getting it back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, that's something I learned new, and that gets me excited.
1: Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? So.
3: And that's a great response to get back, you know? It's like you're putting positivity out there, and you're getting it back mm-hmm. from the people who give a shit, too. Yeah.
0: yeah. So. I feel like in just in today's world and society, there's, a, there's such a polarity happening right now mm-hmm. between the fact that we're humans and human beings need human interaction and touch and conversation and all that stuff but at the same time we're stuck behind screens Mm -hmm. or we don't we're not having that interaction we're not Mm -hmm. having you know that's why I love what we do with this podcast Mm -hmm. and having these conversations with people like you because it reinforces that human connection that everybody needs no matter how cold you are heartless want to act like you don't want to be around people, like at some point you need that human interaction. It's like, it's it's in our makeup as human beings. So, but then we're stuck behind these screens and that's kind of where like the culture and society and the youth and all that is going towards. So to at least be able to see it through a screen, I think is like a shift Mm -hmm. that's happening for people where it's like, oh, they're being positive. Okay. And being able to share your story so much more. yeah. Yeah. So you know. it's
3: nice when people who have a platform, who have, like, yeah. the viewership that you have, to put out these things. And yeah. Positivity and all of that, because people need to see that. The more they see it, the more they'll be that way. Word.
2: And it's 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 not like I owe anybody anything, mm-hmm. but I do feel like if I can do it, why not? hmm So it's more so I don't feel like, damn, I have to do this because I could be a, you know, a positive force in someone's life. It's, it's just... Gratitude. It's just basically like, man, you know what, like, A lot of, and the thing is, like, I've been in so many good situations, and did I deserve them? Maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't think I went out of my way. I worked hard, but it wasn't ever, like I said, I never wished, to like, I want to shoot NBA athletes, and I want to be around all these rappers. Like, I'm a car guy. I like cars. You can give me, if they told you, hey, we can give you the biggest house in the world in one car, or we can give you a nice house, and you can have all the cars you want. You better believe I'm getting a nice house. With a 500 car garage. And I'll be content. <laughs> of cars. I'll be content. Whatever. That
1: carbon
3: footprint will be crazy. Word. You no, recycle?
2: Yeah, recycle it. And then, <laughs> and then, then you're going to have 500 cars? Now, you're not going to drive them all at the same time. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm not going to turn them all on at the same time with the fuck? Like one a day.
3: For all the hoes, every girl that you've ever shot with. <laughs> <So why laughs> got,
2: cars. Man, did you just label yourself something?
3: No. <laughs> Definitely not.
1: She said, right? Uh, <laughs> say what she did.
2: <laughs>
1: cool. That's a big
2: misconception. Exactly.
1: That's why I said it uh, so jokingly. Some, like, of it was them
3: are,
2: some of them are. Some of them are. But for the most part, they're all just regular girls trying to figure something out. And why right. not enjoy, you know, not Did why you
0: expect not? that when you started, like, shooting girls and stuff and the type of shooting that you do with, I mean, most of the shoots that you do? Like, did you expect to find girls that.
2: Like me. I mean, there's certain people, there's certain people like, okay, let's let's use Rwanda, for example. Uh Like, when you see her off-rip, you're like, okay, she's a Vixen. Crazy curves, really pretty, you know, tapped into the urban world. Mm -hmm. I remember I went with... One or two of my boys You to tapped go. me
3: into the urban world.
2: I didn't actually. tap into anything because you went and got a job at some place, and I think, <laughs> I think so. Whatever. She yeah, got a I'm job. She, be- she, she, like, became, she 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 became she became she became a bartender <laughs> at one of the bars, and like that she looked some money, man. she looked so out of place. She's so like that was place. not her vibe, like, and That's we, why I last saw her. Go-
3: when I was. bartending. Oh. I went to go visit
2: her with some friends. I was like just like, And she was just like she did not look happy, and it just goes to show you like you can't assume. You know, and I know girls that work there, and they have a blast, and that's their world, and they love that shit, and, you know, God bless them. But not, you know, everyone sits there and assumes and has all these, like, speculations and all these, and they bash, and they talk shit about it. And it's mostly girls. Mm -hmm. It's girls just shitting on girls. Mm -hmm. And then, then, but when one of them does it, oh, but I did it classy. What makes it classy? Because you pose a certain way that they wouldn't pose. Like, that's just, it's just dumb shit. Your laptop's about to die, by the way. No. no battery. Come on, Apple. <laughs> Come on, Apple. Suck it in. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's some girls that I've met that I've stayed amazing friends with. There's some girls that i met that are just dumb bitches. Yeah. And I just never want to deal with them ever again in my life. You know what I mean? So, it's. You know, it's like anything else.
3: And that's, like, same thing, like, that can go for you, too. Like, the misconception that you might, that people have about oh, yeah, you.
2: Everyone assumes I fuck every girl that I shoot and everyone, yeah. like, I mean, I guess that's not a bad thing. For But at the same time, it sucks because, for example, I want to be in a relationship so bad and I want to be in love and everyone fucking sits there and assumes that,
1: Aww. oh, this guy's a fucking Derek.
0: whore. <laughs> Should we, like, set up a dating game for you? Nah, fuck no. I feel like I could probably match you with
2: somebody. Match like you. Know. you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's gonna yeah. ha- it's gonna happen yeah. when it happens yeah no <laughs> it, it will exactly like but you said it's about like,
3: time and people putting time on things like yeah. what is supposed to happen for you naturally really?
2: but it goes it goes to that like yeah I get stereotyped a lot too you know mm-hmm. and in not good or bad ways but just in general like yeah. everyone just assumes yeah, the worst you saw guy like who is the guy who snapped us <laughs> right now <laughs> <laughs> oh cause I'm with you like they're thinking the worst and it's just yeah. like we're sitting here having a fucking doing fucking regular shit everyone right. Like, I'm sure, like I said, I went on a trip with two of my homegirls. I'm sure everyone assumes, shit, yo, we went to go see a fucking hole. <laughs> like, that's what, and we drove to fucking LA. That's it. Like, people assume the worst, and right, it, it yeah. sucks. You know what I mean? Because a it's a girl
0: like, and a guy there's like cannot no understanding yeah, of be like, Why?
2: Because, no, nah, that's it. Uh, his dick is going to go inside of her, and that's it. That's what's written in the book, and that's it. Yeah,
0: that's all she wrote. You know
2: what I mean? So it's like, uh, yeah it is a, it, it sucks but it is what it is I mean the right people know who I am Yeah. you know what I mean and, and that's fine with me like everyone else gave you a dick
0: Word.
3: if there was one piece of advice that you could give like 20 year old Derek or whatever if you could go back and give yourself some advice like about where, a projection of where you'd be here what would you say <laughs>
0: Always so
2: stumps people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Run the other way.
0: <laughs>
2: nah, I don't know. I don't know because you know what they say the grass is greener on the other side. Like, mm-hmm. what if I would have just gotten a nine to five and right. gone to college? And I have you know, in eleventh grade, I got offered a four year scholarship to U M for writing. Really. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that, but uh, for creative writing. You and I don't. Like, no, I don't like to write, but I'm good at it. <laughs> I, don't like it. I I hate physically writing like i can sit there and be like, you want to write i can talk all the shit in the world and we can write probably the best novel in the world but me physically sit down and write like right. i don't have the the, the span for attention. that mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the the mental span for that so it has to be like like you know when you say like like i can't wait till i have the funds to hire somebody to just write everything for me like i just want to say like yo write all this down mm-hmm. you know what i mean and,
1: Scry, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't Scry. Take, Scry.
2: I didn't take. I, I didn't I didn't take. High school year years feel like they're forever. Like your high school years feel like, mm-hmm. know, from ninth grade to senior year, you feel like it's a lifetime. Mhm. So they hit me with the with they hit me with the opportunity, at the beginning of my eleventh grade year. And I was like, ah, oh, whatever. I'll, I'll come back when I'm ready. I sneezed twice, and it was my senior graduation. I went back to the council. Like, yo, what's up with that scholarship? Because obviously, out of high school, I didn't have goals to be what I am today. It was I didn't have thoughts about that. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "Oh, college! Yeah. I need to go to college." And I went to the counselor, and she's like, "You lost it. You didn't. You know, you had a, a certain amount of months to like react to it or sign up or whatever. And Since you didn't, you lost it." Mm-hmm. But like they say, everything happens for a reason. If I would have done that, that would have been behind four years, and maybe I would have never fell into what I am doing today. Right. And like I said, like I've been to every continent except Antarctica. You know, I mean, I've been to Africa twice. I've been to Europe like three times. I've been to the Middle East twice. I've been to Asia once and then Australia once. I've been to South America many times. (laughs) Oh, is that what all the
0: tattoos are?
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, most for the most part. There's two places out here I haven't gone yet. I didn't have have to go now because it's not that I'm allowed. What are they? Uh, (laughs) China and Germany. So it's like the Great Wall of China turned into the Autobahn. But I've been to Brazil,
0: Paris, London,
2: Sydney. This represents the Middle East.
0: Love it. Uh, Egypt,
2: Dubai, London again. Does the
0: same person do all your tasks?
2: Everything here has been done by the same person, but mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to do my back now. So this is all my work. This is what the guy This is the places that got me, and I'm gonna do my back now. My back is gonna be me, like my story, mm-hmm. like what I love, and like, like I said, this is my work. This is where it's gotten me. Mm-hmm. But my back is gonna tell that story. Of it's gonna have elements and situations of like what I've been through what I love. And so, Is there going to
3: be a big grumpy cat like right in the <laughs> No, I got
2: the cat right here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I forgot you got that. Wait, didn't you get that on Valentine's Day?
2: I got it on Valentine's Day because I've only had my entire life in 32 years. I've only had one Valentine and she told me no.
0: What do you mean?
2: Like, I asked her, like, I, I've only had one Valentine. Mm-hmm. Like, I never had a date for Valentine's Day. I would get late on Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. But I would, and I would get, like, the 1 a.m. call, like, when the girl's like, fuck it. Like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I'd be like, yo. I was like, yo, fuck it.
1: Stop, girl? I'm ready. What's up,
2: <laughs> so, the right now. So, one year, I had a girl, and I asked her to be with me. She, That was her Valentine, but I asked her, like, to actually be my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. she said, no. We still did what we did. And eventually I got with her. But that night she told me no, so I've always had like negative Valentine's Days. So wow. I never really cared for it. So uh, my last situ- my last relationship, we broke up two weeks before Valentine's Day. So it's literally on Valentine's Day I was just like, I thought it was funny and I just I got it. Get it. So I dig it. It's the grumpy cat and the broken heart emojis. <laughs> and now that they eliminated this grumpy cat from the I didn't
0: remember that emoji ever. They actually.
2: did? Yeah, no, it's facing forward.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: Sideways right. gang for the rest of my
0: life. Yeah, you're
2: like the OG for <laughs> real. OG, OG Sideways Angry Cat. <laughs> so whatever, yeah. Oh my
0: gosh. All right. Yeah. Anything else we want to cover?
2: Do you guys do back roads?
0: We had this conversation already.
2: <laughs> my back rows. Okay. Bye, everybody.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next time. And thank you to Derek. This was awesome. Definitely learned a lot about you. Bye um Take care, guys. Buy my stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, he's expensive. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. I'm
1: watching. Then watch out when I use my jumps.